1: it's time time for silver and black today to the ground game touchdown las vegas we're breaking down the latest raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers so hold on raider nation it's time to get, get it, it on. on here's your host scott goldbranson and mo moulton it is Friday. Are you ready for a weekend without Raiders football? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that sucks. But what doesn't suck is it's the weekend. You get to have an adult beverage. You get to hang out with your friends. You get to do whatever you want. And before you do that, you get to listen to Mo Moten and I read mail. Hi, I'm Scott Branson. He is Mo. He is the national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. Also, the Raiders columnist for SportsNot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully, and we are here to talk Raiders mailbag. I love doing these shows, especially after a loss. Now I know some of the mail is going to address this stuff, um, but we need a little levity. I mean, Mo, it's Friday finally. You, for you, Friday is more like I think Tuesday, if I recall right. So, so, so it's not Friday for you because you you have a busy weekend. Although you get Saturdays, right? You get to watch college football on Saturdays.
0: Yes, I just sit back and watch college football on Saturdays. Fridays are actually pretty relaxing for me. Um, uh, if people if people know how my I'm sure people do pay attention to my Twitter activity or don't care. I'm just not <laughs> I'm just not online after Thursday. After Thursday after Thursday night football, I just kind of unplug and I just do non-football stuff.
1: It's good. That's till good.
0: college football on Saturday, of course.
1: Yes. Uh, and, and, and that's good for you. You need, you need some time away. You need some time to decompress from the football, right? Because there's a lot of it, but, uh, we love doing this show and we love talking, but we got to start first, Mo. You got your first fantasy football win this past week. Now we talked about it on yesterday's show, uh, but how's it feel, man? I mean, Tim Brown gives you the pep talk and it's like, I think you owe, like you gotta, you gotta get in touch with Tim Brown and say, dude. You give me the pep talk, bam, I go out and win.
0: Tim Brown and I have to go out for some food or you know have a meal or something. I know <laughs> he doesn't like warm potato salad. Like he thinks it's trash and everything, but um, I'm here to say, Tim, if you try it once, you won't go back. I don't have a clever oh. saying for it, but try it once with Mo and I'll and I'll guide you into the darkness of Warm potato salad. And how great it is!
1: <laughs> the darkness. It does sound like a dark place. I don't know if I want to go there either. Uh, but yes. So, so you win. And by the way, I who did Kelly play? Do you remember Kelly Kreiner? Who did who did he play? Oh, he played me, and I won. I beat him. I still remain undefeated. But Mo, I beat him literally by the skin of my teeth. I thought I was going to lose. You, we were all texting. And I'm like, you're going to beat me. Cause I didn't start Gabe Davis on the one day. Gabe Davis goes completely nuts. nuts. And, and and that happens to some, I'm sure it happens to every fantasy owner at least once, sometimes more than once, at least once a year you have that guy who's like, ah, so you sit him for that week and he goes nuts. And that's who Gabe Davis did. So I thought I was going to lose and man, I beat him statistically by just some tenths of a point.
0: I will say this, I, after everything that's happened, right? So you and multiple scoregasms are now the only undefeated teams in the <laughs> league, right? By the way, multiple scoregasms should have lost that game. He didn't, but it, quick story sidebar here, and I'm going to go from a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> I had Josh Reynolds in my lineup that week. I played multiple scoregasms. I pulled him out at the last minute because I'm thinking, okay, McLaurin has a high floor. You know, he's the number one wide receiver on the the commanders. He's going to at least get me some points where Josh Reynolds, I don't know what he's going to get me because he's usually not a number one. I pulled him at the last minute. He scores about 20 points. I lose to multiple score guys by less than 20. Word to the wise, word of advice for anybody playing fantasy football and just life in general, whatever you decide in the moment, stick with it. Don't change your mind. Yeah. More, more times than not, and I've done this. I've done this in Overthinking. college. I've done this in school. When you overthink and you change a test, you change the answer on your multiple choice quiz or test, <laughs> you're changing it to the wrong answer. Don't change Always. your answer. Always.
1: Stick with your gut. It's what's known around in Las Vegas now is the Josh McDaniel syndrome. That's
0: Just a low blow. Be, i love to hear that one.
1: Being too smart for your own good. Hey, smart. I mean, it happens, right? Yeah. <sighs> By the way, every time you kept saying multiple scorgasms, um, there, there there our female listeners were getting a little fidgety. I, I don't know why. But uh, it's a clever name. I like I cle- like the a, name. It, it's it's a very clever name. But um, so the, the multiple scorgasms and go, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually put this up on the screen if you're watching us on YouTube. You'll be able to see the league. Uh, and I'll even increase the size here so it's a little bit bigger. But we have multiple scorgasms at five and zero. <laughs> I am five and zero as well. And I'm literally one point behind them in the points four, which is the secondary. So they're technically ahead of me. I'm in second place. We're almost basically tied, right? But they have more points. North County Raider. uh, And then uh, Kelly uh, is there right behind there. Carmageddon, which is Rossi. Rossi is at three and two. Barrier Raider at two and three. The Idaho Infidels two and three max power, two and three Tim Brown's pep talk, which is Mo look, <laughs> dude, how does it feel to finally be out of the cellar? You're out of your mom's basement and you're, you're like, you're looking up in the world now.
0: <laughs> you know, what's so weird about this whole thing. What's it, that? It, it, I'm the, I think I'm the fifth or sixth highest scoring team. I don't know what yeah. it is, but I I'm like top half of the league in scoring and I'm one and four here. Yeah. Struggling with the likes of Raiders of the lost yard and, Slow Jan James. Shout out to him. He's struggling. I thought he would actually be at the top of the list and just winning again. Wendy. Right. And Wendy, I'm still angry at Wendy because she (laughs) she blew up against me in my matchup, scoring about 115 points. She did. Gets to Scott and scores 64 something points.
1: I have that effect. I just don't know what to say. What do you want me to do? You know, what's even more offensive is that you are the best NFL writer in the country. And you have to host the show with me. I mean, it's crazy, but uh, no, I mean, slow jam James though. We got, I'm going to have him on the show next week. We're going to do, uh, and I know some of our listeners are tuned out because they tell us, Oh, if you talk fantasy, I'm checking out. Okay. Well, so what? So we're going to, we're going to have some of the guys on this coming week. It's the bye week So we'll check in slow jam James. Like, I want to tell him just to lock himself in the house and not leave. Cause he has bad luck <laughs> with his players and then I, I thought his roster was the best in the league. He sits there. He's in that 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 group of four of you that are one and four.
0: To me, I think I think. Slow, no offense to just when Wendy and Raiders the lost Yard, I think Slow Jam James and I are built for a second half run, just like yes. the Raiders. If you if you look at it, our records line up perfectly with the Raiders' record. Just like we said on yeah. the previous show. The Raiders are built for a run. Yeah. And I think Slow Jam, James, and I are the same. I think there are parallels between our fantasy football teams and the Raiders' actual football team.
1: Well, and, and I'm showing everybody his roster right now. If you're watching us, Justin Herbert at quarterback, Wide receiver of Tyler Lockett. That sucks because, you know, it's Geno. Uh, Rondell Moore, Joe Mixon, James Conner, Dallas Goddard from Philadelphia, who's, you know, obviously having a good season with the team, having a good season, and Jerry Judy. So the I talk about the bad luck. He's had bad luck with receivers who have quarterbacks that are sucking eggs. Right. Uh, and I mean, if you look at that and then Joe Mixon, the Bengals just said, yeah, we went to the, the, the Super Bowl last year on uh, partially on the legs of Joe Mixon. So we're just not going to run the ball this year. Right. <laughs> Until the last game. They, they were like Josh, Josh McDaniels with Josh Jacobs. They didn't run them for the first two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. And so 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 that's why uh Slow jams James I think is is struggling a little bit too because he's just not had that. All right. So well we're going to we're going to we'll save fantasy for next week since we have a bye week. We'll have a whole show on the fantasy and we'll bring on a bunch of the the guys and we'll bring on Wendy too. We got to get Wendy on too. Cause she's awesome. Number one Wendy. and number two, yes. she's the only woman in the league. Uh, but so we'll get her on. She'll be fun. Uh, and she's always positive too. So if you want negative, don't listen when Wendy's on. Cause she's, she's really positive.
0: What, you know what shocked me though? What's that? I looked at, I looked at the really quick on the fantasy football. No, I looked on yeah. the, uh, the activity bar and just when Wendy, I don't want to blow her up or put her up there, but she dropped the goat Hunter Renfro. Ball. For Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who just scorched the Raiders secondary.
1: ooh that, that is...
0: That takes... As a Raider fan to do something like that...
1: Baller. That
0: takes... That that means that you're all in.
1: You're, she's in. If you're willing to do she, that. She's, she's all, all not... in. She's not... It's it's like and Mo, you write you write a betting column too for for Bleacher Report, right? Where you guys talk about your bets for the week. Um, that's what a you don't bet with your heart, right? And the fantasy football is the same thing. If you're a Raiders fan, sure have some Raiders players if they fit your your lineup, but you never go with them if you think someone else is going to help you win the game. That we're going to talk to her about that move because uh, yeah. I'm sure some Raider fans will not like her because, <laughs> but but it paid off significantly <laughs> for her. Uh, because that was the right move. All right, so let's get to uh, one of our questions here, and I love that we get repeat questions. We got some new new questions as well, but our guy, uh, Gary Reader writes, I didn't hear or see the game. <laughs> he starts off with, uh, like most fans of the points, I just accepted the fact that the blowout was coming, and it wasn't a blowout, so, so I do it. But he says... Um, that he was disappointed to see the players running into each other at the end of the game. He says, It led me to this analogy. You ready, Mo? Uh, an an accompanying, excuse me, an accomplished organist walks into a cathedral. He's never played a pipe organ.
0: Scott, Scott. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you.
1: No, please don't. And
0: do. I know this is probably going to be old news once we get on air, but Nate Hobbs broke his hand for oh, his shit. IG post. So, as we talked yeah. about on the last show, the Raiders are going to have to spend some money because Nate I know he had a bad game against the chiefs, but that, those are some big shoes to fill, but go ahead. Wow.
1: Okay. So we might pick that up and then, and do a quick little intro segment for the other show for tomorrow's show. We'll figure it out. We'll do a quick little thing. (laughs) All right. Um, where was I? Oh, so, so here's the analogy that Gary has. He says, uh, here's my analogy An accomplished organist walks into a cathedral. He's never played a pipe organ of this magnitude, multiple keyboards, a hundred stops, numerous foot pedals. He has to learn how to use the new stops and the foot pedals, uh, and the keys. He doesn't know what he's doing. I only watched, uh, and neither is the, and the so the music isn't good, the playing isn't good. I only watched the highlights. This is my takeaway from the the game going into the bye. The offensive line is as good as it's going to get. I think that's fair. Run the ball, get White some touches. Why doesn't Zamir White get more touches? We'll talk about that. Offensive game plan shouldn't start with we need to score forty points a game. How can we do that? Trust the, uh, uh, oh sorry, trust to learn how to use players in key. Positions, stops, and so on. Just as inside of all this, I have years stumped for professional referees, defensive holding on a field goal. Are you kidding me? That's scary. So his point I'm going to focus on, which is Zamir White. So Josh Jacobs running the ball great. Um, Is there concern that they might run him too much? Do do they – I mean, the whole reason they had this talented running back room, Mo, was to um, supplement his ability and, and have somebody else there who could take – carries when josh jacobs isn't there
0: right but what i think is happening is not to say josh McDaniels is surprised about what josh jacobs is doing but you're right the hot hand right if a guy is running at four or five yards per pop you don't take him out (laughs) you just keep feeding him the rock and i think that's what's happened is that josh McDaniels has seen how josh jacobs is to me i don't think he's angry but it's just a phrase i think he's running angry like oh you're not going to pick up my fifth year option huh okay i'll show you you know, and I think that's, it's just not angry, but a little bit of motivation there. So the reason why Zamir White is not getting any carries, I don't think it has anything to do with what White is not doing or not showing at practice. I think Josh Jacobs is just that good that you don't want to take him off the field.
1: Right. No, there you go. There you go. Um, uh, so, okay. So, this, so that was the first question, Jane, we, we appreciate it. And I'm going to get to the others here in a second. Mo, um, you know, you mentioned the, the situation, uh, with, with Nate Hobbs and the broken hand. Um, we talked about it, uh, on, on yesterday's show that this team would most likely be active in looking for ways to get better in this bye week. And now uh, that takes on even more importance when you have a starter of that caliber. Like you said on Thursday, he did not have a great game against the Chiefs. In fact, he got torched pretty bad. Um, Now they have to deal with this. Uh, This defense, which is already struggling, has to now bring in a body and figure out what to do. Um, How much of a concern now does that become? Man, it just seems like... A very daunting task when you have this many guys, this many important pieces to your puzzle on offense and defense now sitting on the sideline with injury.
0: I sure I saw Tashan Reed of the Athletic uh tweet this, but I guess there's some hope that Anthony Averett can be back soon. Cause I believe he had a I believe a hand injury as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Anthony Averett can come back, you can have a meek in the slot. You can have Anthony Averett on the outside opposite Rocky Sitting, you have your top three there, but you also have Sam Webb, who I thought, even though it wasn't on a large scale, I thought he had a pretty decent game against the Chiefs. Yeah. And they've been did. they've been getting they've been rotating Sam Webb in the game. Now, of course, it's not a starter, but the undrafted rookie has played well in spots. So you have basically Rocky Asin, Amik Robinson, and Sam Webb healthy. We'll see what happens with Anthony Averett, but I wouldn't rule out the Raiders bringing in a veteran corner just in case they're not completely comfortable with bumping up Sam Webb's snaps just yet.
1: Makes a lot of sense. All right. Uh, We have a question from Louisville, Kentucky. It's from Jerry. Jerry says, what the hell was wrong with Denzel Perryman? Uh, Do you think he's still having concussion issues? Him coming back, I expected a lot more out of him in this Kansas City game. He seemed to disappear for most of it. What's your thoughts on that one?
0: I believe that emailer is dead on. Not only did Denzel Perryman disappear, but there was a touchdown scored on him. I know he had a sack, which is good. Mm -hmm. But he missed three tackles in that game.
1: Yeah.
0: I believe it was he and, and Rock Essen both missed three tackles apiece. And I talked about it on the on the on the uh I believe it was the Thursday show that missed tackles was one of the reasons the Raiders yeah. started spiraling in the second half. And you just don't expect that from Denzel Perriman, who's one of the sure tacklers in the league, the tackle machine. But I don't know what's going on at him coming off a concussion if that had an effect, but it wasn't his best game by far. It was one of his worst games. I don't know what to say about that other than when you have a player that's struggling like that, coming off of an injury, you would hope that you have another guy to bring in. Now I don't think Blake Martinez had any snaps, but I'm sure going forward and if Denzel pyramid is hurt or struggles, yeah. you'll see, you'll see Blake Martinez mix in, but not having Jayon Brown out there also pretty much hurt. hurt. You're pretty thin because you can't just pull a starter because then you're, you're, you're grasping at straws at that point.
1: Absolutely. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we got more questions to get to. So don't do don't you miss it. Stay where you're at. We'll be right back here on Silver and Black today, the Mailbag edition on this Friday. We hope you're getting ready for the weekend, and we hope you have a great weekend. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome back Silver and Black today. The Friday edition, the Mailbag, Raider Nation Mailbag. We're talking to you. We're helping you drown in Your tears in your beers, uh, the Nate Hobbs news from the last couple of days, all this other stuff with the loss, but not to lose hope. Raider Nation, I think the Raiders are going to win three straight games coming out of this bye. Uh, Momo and Scott Branson back with you here on our Odyssey original podcast. You can c- catch us three, four, sometimes five days a week, usually three to four times a week as we talk nothing but Raiders football. All right, Mo, let's jump right back into this mailbacks. I have a a, a message here from An- Annalise. Annalise is in Fremont, California, so she's in the Bay Area. She wants to know, I am <laughs> – sorry, it caught me off guard. I am fully in love with Hunter Renfro, but I am worried he does not look like he's playing up to his normal standards. What is wrong with him? Do you think the concussion is still bothering him? Uh, thank you, Annalise. I appreciate that. I love to get uh, questions from the the women in Raider Nation. They always have great questions. Uh, we talked about it on yesterday's show, actually, about Hunter Renfro maybe not being himself somewhat like Darren Waller. Um, and Annalise asked that question. Um, Mo, Mo, what do you think there? I mean, what you see on tape Uh, with route running, with his receptions. We talked about the turnovers a couple weeks ago. But what are you seeing? Any clues to why he might be having issues and not be the same player that he was last year?
0: It's a good question. And other than a change in system, you you don't really know what it is because you have to understand, Hunter Renfro's only really been in one system, and that's John Gruden's. I know John Gruden had to resign early. But Greg Olson was basically an extension of John Gruden. So I think what you're seeing with a young remember Hunter Renfro is a young player, hasn't been in the league. He's not a 10 year vet. No. Uh, came in in, t- in 2019. So I think you're seeing with him being a young player, he's learning to adjust to a new system. And I'm going to say this again because I've said this on a previous show. It's been known that Josh McDaniels has one of the most complex systems or and or playbooks in the league. And I think Derek Carr, I mean, I don't think Derek Carr said this, but I think a question was asked. And uh, I think it was posed that way, saying, well, we know that Joshua Dingell's, uh system can be complex. How are you taking it in? And, again, I will say that with a young player, you have to give him some time. I know we're, we're just five games into the season, plus Hunter Redfield missed some time with a concussion. So I think he's still adjusting to the turnover and the coaching staff. Again, it's not an excuse. But, again, with a young player, you have to give them some time to recalibrate especially when you have a complex, I don't wanna say complicated, but a complex (laughs) system in place.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. All right, we're gonna get on to our next question, Annalise. Thank you so much for sending that in from Fremont, California. All right, now we go to Frank, Deftari, Frank Diftari, Diftari, Diftari. Excuse me, Frank Diftari. Sorry, Frank, I'm getting your ma- messages. I'm reading these right off the computer here. All right, so there you go. What could be the reasoning, or what are you seeing when you watch the game tape? around the Raiders and the end of these first halves. Some of it's clock management, but what else? Is he right? Is Frank right that they're just not being aggressive enough?
0: I think possibly. I think you can make that argument in in some situations. Uh, When you're – look at it this way. When you're up two scores or multiple scores at the end of a half, sometimes you're just content with just going to the locker room because you don't want to make a mistake and give the team back the ball. The problem is when you're too complacent and you're too conservative – Sometimes you wind up giving the other team back the football. Now, what happened with the Chiefs is a little bit different. What just to diagnose it there was the Raiders weren't able to sustain a drive. They got held their offense got held up, so they had to kick a long field goal. They gave the Chiefs. They didn't give the Chiefs a lot of time, but you know what happened on that Chiefs drive before halftime? Roger Cheamer had a face masking penalty,
1: face mask, yeah,
0: which moved the Chiefs on, on the Raiders side of the field.
1: That's because the refs cheat.
0: <laughs> of course. So there you go. Yeah. Stalled drives and 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 untimely penalties will put you in a situation where you're given you're giving the other team a chance to score before halftime, and then you're putting you're giving them momentum going into the locker room, which you don't want to do. So, cut down the penalties, sustain drives. You'll get better results in both halves, not just the first half.
1: And that's something we talked about in the post game show. Uh, Mo was the fact that this team seems to be losing more and more of its composure and and, and and those unforced errors and bad penalties. Were more penalties called after the terrible yeah. call uh, on on the Chiefs uh, and the roughing the passer call on Derek Hart? Yes, it got worse. They made up, they more than made up for and overcompensated. There's no question. You look at the data. I don't disagree with that. And by the way, I'm not going to go a lot into it because I, I was so blown away by people justifying the bad roughing the passer call, but that's a different story. Um, but, But you look at this situation with penalties and starting to see it just crop up, the better teams they play, it seems like it's cropping up more. They played a good defense in Denver. They got more penalties. They played a better defense in Kansas City. They got more penalties. And then on defensive side, I think they're just, they're a step behind most of the times and they're being beaten so badly that that comes out of frustration.
0: Yeah, the other thing that I, I wanted to mention, too, in a previous show is that Josh McDaniels brought up performing well in high-pressure situations. And my yeah. thing is, he said, and I think he said, once you perform well in a high-pressure situation, you know you can do it, then you have the confidence to do it again. What the Raiders are in right now is, is kind of a funk where you think, oh, I'm sure players don't say this at the podium, but I'm sure in the back of their mind are thinking, what can go wrong now? <laughs> and when you have that mentality, when you speak negativity into existence... It happens the same way. Yeah. Opposite side, where you, if you speak positivity, things usually have to go your way. But they're in they're in a they're in a funk now, where they're probably thinking, "Okay, we've been in this situation before and we fumbled it, yeah. for lack of better words." And it, they have to t- once they come. This is why I say, after the bye, you can kind of put all of that stuff behind you, turn it around. You have a good game against the Texans. I know it's just the Texans, but any type of momentum, any type of win, as players have said, winning in the NFL is hard, no matter who you're playing. Yeah. Any type of momentum the Reds can get coming out of the bye against Houston Texans, they can use that to springboard themselves back in the right direction, start to play better football in critical situations, and turn things around.
1: Absolutely. All right, so I appreciate that question, as always. Thank you so much. All right, now we're going to move on. Our guy Derek Carr's hair, that's what he goes by, so we're going to respect that. Um, but he he has a couple takes first. He's got a lot of them, so we can't read them all. But he says, uh, I sent this to you guys on Twitter, but the Raiders are going to go on a run and are going to win the next five games to go six and four heading into the Charger game in Vegas. I called them going one and four after the Cards loss, and I'm calling this streak now. So he's on the record, so we'll see how he does. Um, He also says Mumford needs to start. That's number one. And then his question was, do you see the Raiders making a trade this bye weekend? If so, who would you trade for and what would you give up? I like Mumford and loved how uh, Heron was being used, would personally make an offer to the Eagles for Dillard, maybe a third or fourth round pick.
0: That's a lot of question. That's a lot. Of, I'll, <laughs> a lot start with get <laughs> I'll start with this. I'll start with this. I like his first point about Mumford starting. Now, Mumford was in the jumbo package. He played a lot of inline tight end because Justin Heron was out. He, I believe, tore his ACL. So you're not going to see Heron for the rest of the season. Mumford played that role. But what I will say is I like Jermaine Luminar. I really do. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Seems great at the podium. But his penalties, I believe he had two against the Chiefs. It seems like he has a, one sure. or two big penalties in every game. And at this point, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if we come out of the bye. The Rays come out of the bye and you see Mumford starting at right tackle, and Illuminar doesn't even get in the game, or they move him inside to guard because as we all know, I don't think Alex bars is set there at guard at either guard position. I think the guard position basically is Dylan Parham and whoever they fit in there with him. Mm-hmm. I could see Illuminar moving inside the guard and Mumford starting against the Texans in week six at right tackle. So Good point on that one. I agree with his Mumford point. Uh, there was something about what? else did he say? I lost track.
1: <laughs> he he had some good. There. Yeah, he had some good stuff. Uh, the he win streak asked about about the win streak. Yeah, the win streak. He thinks he thinks they're going to 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 win all the way up until the Charger game, until they get to the Charger game. So five five games.
0: I, and I agree. And I talked about that in the postgame show that I've, I think the Raiders are going to go on a run. Now, Derek Carr's here. Be careful because Raiders fans would be saying you're, you're all about rainbows, unicorns, and you're too positive, and you're not seeing the reality. But as I said on the postgame show with you and Murph, it's set up for them. If they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat or teams that they're favored against, if they win those games, teams that they're supposedly better than, they'll yeah. go on a nice little run there. So I agree with him there. The other point, that I remember he said he asked about you know, who could the Raiders bring in. I think he asked about Andre Dillard. A lot of people have been asking about Andre Dillard. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, and I get it because he's a former first-round pick, so you always want to kick the tires on a former 1st round to see if you can re- he can realize his potential. What I would say is I would revisit the Isaiah Wynn uh, situation. Mm. If you remember in the offseason, there was some buzz about Isaiah Wynn possibly being on the move. I would I would revisit that if he's healthy. I haven't checked, but if he's healthy enough, I would revisit that because he he he's a guy that can't stay healthy. But if you can get him to play for just half of a season or three quarters of a season, I think it's a good move. He's versatile; you he can play inside, you can play outside. Yep. Uh Josh McDaniels obviously has a rapport with Bill Belichick and the Patriots, so you know they they'll be open to doing deals. I would revisit that over deal because you know Josh uh, Isaiah Wynn when he's all the field, when he's healthy, he can play at a high level.
1: Absolutely, no, that's a great recommendation. I think that that if you know, it's something to explore. But I will say this, and and I'm not going to beat the proverbial dead horse. I'm just going to say it once, and we can move on to the next question, which is, you're going now. You you your next game will be in week seven, correct? Yeah, weeks no week six, no week seven, week seven, and you're still talking about the offensive line, and that says it all. So you don't have to say anything else. It's 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 a sad state, and and it's not going to be uh, something you can address to the off season completely, unless you make a trade, and even then, who knows? All right. So thank you for the question, Derek Carr's hair. We appreciate that as well. Now we go back down to Kentucky, uh, one of our serial mailbag guys, which we love. That is Chad Mixon. Uh, Chad asked this question, and again, I like that Raider fans are thinking, "Hey, it's a bye week, so how do we get better?" Right. So Chad asked, is there anybody available in trade that would help the D line? Oh, yeah, the other side, Mo, the trenches on the other side. Anybody that might be available. You look at some of these teams who who are already, uh, it's hard to say that, though, because the Raiders are one and four, but some of the teams who are in the same position the Raiders are but might be heading in the opposite direction and not seeing a lot of opportunity, uh, is there anybody available to help on the D line?
0: There's a name that I, I like in the offseason and it never materialized because the Jets actually wind up, wound up keeping him. Mm-hmm. But I would call the Jets about Sheldon Rankins because the Jets, oh, I'm, I'm in New York, so I've watched a lot of Jets games. The Jets defensive line is is pretty much stacked. They have a pretty good defensive line. If you remember Robert Sala, when he was a defensive coordinator for the 49ers, yeah. always had a really good defensive line. Their unit is stacked in that position. I would call the Jets about Sheldon Rankins only because he's a, he could be a three-technique and attack the quarterback mm-hmm. and give you a pass rush on the inside. I pointed out that Cleveland Farrell has done a, a pretty decent job moving inside, but if you give him give a, a little more push on the interior to give uh, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones help as they rush off the edge, because as I've said in the previous show, when those guys aren't getting to the quarterback, that secondary, especially now when Hobbs having a broken hand, will not survive if those guys don't get a push up front. So I would be aggressive and. And getting a guy like Sheldon Rankins, who's like who's a three T and can rush the quarterback just to help that defense out.
1: I like that. Sheldon Rankins. That's a that's a good recommendation. So there you go. See, Chad, you ask and you shall receive. Mostradamus gives you a name. But that line, that defensive line, too, continues to be an issue. You know, we saw Chandler Jones come alive against the Chiefs in half one and he did pretty well in half two. He didn't get home. Uh, with a sack, but, but, but he was close many, many times. So he played better, but you still got nothing up the middle. Like there's just no, it's like a no man's land uh, with, with uh, ball Nichols and those guys up front. They're just not able to penetrate. And this has gone against good teams like the chiefs and other teams like the Broncos that are good at the offensive line, but not anything to write home about. And so, so again, this is why on the negative side of things, those I don't know. You have to maybe go try to get one guy, but overall it's not going to change until you can address it in the offseason in the draft and maybe free agency.
0: Yeah, you're not taking any big swings at this point that are that are long term. It's very rare that you get a an impact player midseason, unless the you're the deadline. Rams, because because the Rams <laughs> Are just they're just swinging for the fences. I would i would like to see the Raiders operate that way, but you also have to understand the Raiders have limited space. Well, as we talked about, all the players they play this offseason. season, yep. So they have to be careful about how they spend. But if you're gonna if you're gonna fill a spot, D line, secondary be two areas, offensive line be the third area in, in any order. I, I you know, people want to prioritize this first, this second, this third. I would say any of those position groups if you can add on, it can help the Raiders possibly make a run after the bye.
1: Well, and and of course, everybody's disappointed uh, with the news around Nate Hobbs and breaking his hand, um, but isn't, I mean, from a timing perspective, it's good timing if you have an injury that way, because not only does it give him a little extra time, but also the Raiders can sign somebody pretty quickly and get them in and they have more time to prepare for a game, maybe be ready to go.
0: I got one more name that just hmm. came to mind. Uh-oh. Rem- now, let's keep in mind, the Carolina Panthers fire their head coach, Matt <laughs> So the first thing that you do when a team fires the head coach is you start calling. Is this person yeah. available? Is that person available? Now, I will say, Braves fans, don't get your hopes up for Brian Burns. He's probably <laughs> a, a, a roster cornerstone. Don't get your hopes up for my long-lost cousin, Taylor Moten, who plays right tackle for the Panthers Great the same right last name. Great right tackle. They just paid him, by the way. Probably yes. a roster cornerstone. Uh, so don't expect those guys uh, to be up for sale. Now, everyone has a price. You never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I just wouldn't expect those guys to be on the block. But Matt Ioannidis, Ooh. who play for the Washington Commanders, now with the Panthers. Uh, he's in a rotational role, has a sack this year. Not a big numbers, so you don't have to pay a lot for him, but I think yeah. he can help the interior of the defensive line because he's the type of guy that can get after the quarterback. He had a big yeah. year or a couple of big years with Washington, and with the Panthers firing their head coach and guys probably being up on the trade block, I would call about Matt Ioannidis.
1: There you go. See, look at, you got it all right here. And Mo is verbally writing a column somewhere in his head too. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> <He's> like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I got to do that. Uh, but that's good. What about defensive back Mo? Um, is there, if at this point with Nate Hobbs broken hand with Anthony Averett with an injury, so you're thin there uh, a hand injury is tough, right? You don't just don't know how long it's going to take. So do you do you make a deal for somebody as well from a different? I mean, there's guys on the street you can sign, yeah. But do you try to upgrade at the same time and say, you know what? If we're going to get somebody in here, why not go get somebody who could really help us and maybe even help us long-term?
0: I think if the Raiders get somebody, it has to be someone who played in Patrick Graham's system. If you think back to last year, remember the Raiders struggled – with their cornerbacks, and what did yeah. Gus Bradley do? He brought in uh Brandon Faison. Yeah, played well in a pinch. I believe he led the Raiders in pass breakups last year mm-hmm. as a midseason pickup. Now because he knew the didn't system. work out so well. He knew the system. So yeah. Gus Bradley was able to basically just plug him in and he was able to play well under short notice. And I think if the Raiders are gonna go out and do that, same goes for Patrick Graham. Anybody who he had up with the Giants, if he crossed paths with him as a as a coach with the Packers. I think any one of those guys, I'll have to look it up now, any one of those guys could come in and play right away. <laughs> but that's what you would ideally do. You wouldn't bring yeah. out on a guy who has to learn the system because essentially you're starting from square one. You yeah. might as well just play the guys that you have. You got to look back at who he had with the Giants, are those guys available, and are they willing to come play for the Raiders?
1: Yeah, if they're still with the Giants, probably not because they're doing well enough where um, you know they're trying to, to stay in the race and, 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 and build on what they've done so far early in the season. Uh, but there, there's always guys that were through that system that he might be able to go get. But it'll be interesting to watch. It's going to be an interesting week. We will be back for shows, of course, uh, next week on Tuesday. If other breaking news pops up, there's a possibility we could be on Monday. But you'll be back on Tuesday, Mailbag back on Wednesday, like we're doing tonight, and then also on Thursday. Mo, we're we're done. Let's, let's pick a winner uh, for the questions tonight to get one of our free T-shirts. Everybody gets a sticker, uh, but we go back and we have the question around the offensive line. We had the question around tra- trading offensive line, which I like that that was uh, Derek Carr's hair again. He already won a T-shirt. So uh, even if we pick his question, um, we will send him something. I'm not going to send him another T-shirt. Yeah, I think he's got two T-shirts. Uh, but uh, w- what about you? I liked Annalise's question around... Um, around hunter renfro
0: yeah i mean i like Derek carr's hair's question too but hunter renfro's question the hunter renfro question i think is was a good one too because i i think it's been i know people talked about it after he fumbled remember he had that fumble over time against the cardinals and people running back people saying well what's wrong with hunter renfro and i said that that isn't new for him um he's always had a, a you know a ball security issue it's just that it didn't go to the other team. Now the ball bounces the other way, and people are asking what's <laughs> wrong with a refro. He's always, and I think the issue there is he's trying to do more, and most players try to get more yardage out of it. The problem yeah. is that he's a smaller guy, so he can't take his, those hits, and if he takes those hits, he could lose the football. But the question when Annalise asked, what's going on with him? Because I'm sure a lot of people made the connection. Oh, He's going to be the Raiders version of Julian Edelman with the Patriots. He's going to go mm-hmm. off in Josh McDaniels' system because yeah. look what he look what Josh McDaniels did with Wes Welker. Look at what he did with Julian Edelman. Hunter Renfro is going to be up next, and you're seeing that it doesn't work that way. It's just not an overlay of player to player, a shifty white guy in the slot. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> this isn't Madden. Uh, guy has to. He again, Hunter Renfro is a younger player, so he's got to be able to absorb the system. And get his and get recalibrated. I think he will eventually, but you're seeing a slow start from him because I think he has to just get used to Josh McDaniels and what he expects and where he has to be on the field. Him, his, his connection with Derek Carr is going to be fine. They've played together for years now, but he's in a new system, so just give it some time.
1: Yep, absolutely cool. Well, Annalise and Fremont, we're going to send you a shirt. I, I the shirts are unisex, so just send me what size you would wear in a in, in a in a standard male shirt. And we will send it to you. But we certainly appreciate your question all the way from Fremont, California. All right, Mo, that's going to wrap it up, man. We'll talk to you on Tuesday, if not earlier, for some groundbreaking trade with the Jets um, <laughs> or something else. Uh, but, man, I appreciate you. Have a great weekend.
0: Yeah, it's been fun. I can honestly see the Raiders making a move, but we'll see if Master Dumas is on the mark with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, there you have it. Uh, Mo Moten. You catch his work up on Bleacher Report. Also, SportsNot.com, where he is a Raiders columnist. Follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. That is Mo Moten. I'm Scott Cole Branson. I appreciate you guys being with us. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you don't already do it. And uh, we would appreciate that. And thank you guys all for listening. Have a great weekend without Raiders football. It's only a few more days. And they'll be back at it against the Houston Texans. And we will be back at it on Tuesday. Thanks, Raider Nation. We appreciate your support. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.